0: A Podcast One production. Hello, I'm David Kosh, and welcome to Koshi's Guide to Starting Your Own Business. I'm here to guide you through the process of starting your own business. I want to set you on the path to building a successful business. Last time we met, I spoke to you about choosing the right business structure. Yep, we're certainly getting into the nitty-gritty, aren't we? Having a big idea is exciting and it's sexy, but its chances of success boil down to getting the nuts and bolts right, getting the admin hacks right. Not just structure, but also accounting and tax. So as you can see, there are marked pros and cons with any structure. We went through that last time. But whichever you choose to go with, you'll more than likely need a bookkeeper and an accountant. It can be confusing as to whether you should hire a bookkeeper, an accountant, or a combination of both. Understanding what these number crunches actually do will help you decide. Some finance professionals provide services for all aspects of business finance, while others specialise in certain areas. These specialisations might include choosing accounting software and setting up your accounting system entering data, preparing the BAS, developing performance indicators, producing management reports, or finalising company tax returns. So you're probably asking yourself, what exactly do these specialist finance professionals do? When do you need them? And what do you need to consider when hiring them? Well, a bookkeeper processes receipts and bills prepares your invoices, processes your payroll and chases outstanding debtors. They should have an understanding of how accounting software works, but they wouldn't be expected to process complicated transactions. Alternatively, online solutions like receipt scanning, apps like Receipt Bank, InvoBox, and Shoeboxed, or debt tracking apps like Debtor Daddy. XO Cashflow and Bilbus can replace much of the mundane duties of a bookkeeper. In Australia, most businesses have to either pay or collect GST, the goods and services tax. And this is all calculated through your business activity statements or BAS. Anyone who handles these statements for a fee or reward must be a registered BAS agent. In addition to bookkeeper tasks, the duties of a BAS agent include setting up the accounting system, coding all the transactions, dealing with complicated GST issues, and preparing payment summaries. They can submit BAS online via their own tax office portal and could also assist in sorting business accounts in preparation for your tax accountant at the end of the financial year. The frequency you engage with a BAS agent typically aligns with how often you report to the tax office and also the complexity of your business. A registered BAS agent meets stringent educational and experience criteria, all prescribed by the Tax Practitioners Board. So it's important to be aware if someone charges for BAS-related duties that they need to be a registered BAS agent and you should check that out. An accounting software implementation specialist can assist with selecting the right accounting software for your business, setting up that system, and training in how to use the software and ongoing support. Now, it seems every man his dog is an accounting software expert at the moment, so it's worth knowing the major accounting software providers have their own partner programs and a list of accredited partners on their websites. There are zero Certified Advisors and MYOB Certified Consultants. These are the two biggest cloud-based accounting software packages. So we have plenty of information about how to find one of these on our Flying Solo website, flyingsolo.com.au. A tax accountant assists you, the business owner, in setting up your structure, your tax planning, preparing financial statements and meeting all your compliance obligations. Typically, you speak with a tax accountant as you start your business and the old school method is to touch base with them as issues arise or at the end of the financial year. As with the BAS agent, a tax agent has to be registered with the Tax Practitioner's Board. Then there's a management accountant. They help with strategic planning with business growth, cash flow, and budgeting. This in turn, assists you in making informed business decisions. A management accountant can also perform a regular review of your financials to ensure that you're heading in the right strategic direction. Okay, so now you know what your accounting needs are, you have to keep the tax man on side, and it's important to do this right from the start. So many companies fail because they don't handle their tax right. They get behind in their payments and never catch up. The problem is that small business owners are the tax collectors for the tax office. We collect all the GST and pass it on to the tax office. We take out the tax from our staff salaries and then pass it on to the tax office again. It's critical to understand GST and staff, PAYG tax, is not your money. It's the tax officers. And that's where we get into trouble. I see so many small businesses use this GST or PAYG or compulsory superannuation to actually fund their own operational cash flow rather than set it aside to pay. It's a dangerous trap to fall into, so be very careful. And I'm going to shock you here, but my experience is the tax office is really understanding with small business when it comes to tax. They will always try to help and work with you to get out of any strife by setting up payment plans to help fit in with your own cash flow. But, and this is a very, very big but, If you deliberately ignore them or mislead them, they will quite rightly come down on you very hard. So let's go through your tax obligations. One of the first decisions you'll make when starting a new business is whether you register for GST, which is the goods and services tax. To help you make the decision, there are some things to consider. First off, what will your turnover be? many business owners automatically register for GST, unaware that in some circumstances, it may be optional. At the moment, it's mandatory to register for GST if you expect your annual turnover, your annual sales, to be $75,000 or more. But if your turnover is less than that, registering for GST is optional, and you should consider the cash flow and administrative implications of your decision. So let's talk about the cash flow implications. If you're forecasting a turnover below the $75,000 threshold, not registering for GST means your selling prices will effectively be 10% cheaper than those of your GST registered competitors. Or you could charge the same price as your competitors and enjoy a healthier profit margin. On the other hand, though, you will not be able to claim back the GST on your expenses or on any goods or materials you purchase for sale. Also bear in mind that some businesses are wary of buying from those who are not registered for GST because it might cause them to question their credibility, or some businesses prefer to purchase from GST-registered businesses just so they can claim their GST back on the imports. But either way, this could affect your sales. Then there's the administrative requirements to take into account. On the negative side, GST registration means a lot of additional paperwork and reporting to the Australian Tax Office, typically on a quarterly basis. A registered business has two distinct roles, the running of the business and, as I said before, acting as a tax collector for the tax office. But I've got to say, being forced to maintain your financial records in a timely manner does often provide valuable insights that can assist in the management of the business. So I reckon the admin involved in completing your business activity statement, your BAS, might just be a blessing in disguise and keep you on top of your business finances. But as I said before, there are businesses that could benefit from not registering for GST. It could be a business with high service-based sales and minimal expenses and capital purchases. For example, a GST registered business with an income of $70,000 excluding GST and outgoings of maybe $10,000 excluding GST would be required to pay six grand of collected GST to the tax office. This creates a negative impact on their cash flow and also the additional paperwork. On the flip side, if your non registered business turns over $70,000, it's all yours, or at least until the time comes to pay your income tax. As with all tax issues, you've got to talk to your tax accountant about whether or not. You should register for GST in your individual situation. You also pay company tax every financial year on any profits you make. Big businesses pay a company tax rate of 30% on any annual profits, while the small business rate is lower at 27.5%. And this is where you need good tax advice to understand the business costs you can claim to reduce your profit and then pay less tax. The tax officer's small business deductions list on their website is a lengthy one, but even spending a few minutes reviewing it could save you a small fortune at tax time. Some of the less obvious nuggets on their list worth considering range from being able to claim advertising costs and bank fees through to insurance premiums and even memberships to business associations. So go and check the list out on the tax office website, ato.gov.au, for a full list of all the eligible deductions. You can even write off bad debts against tax. So review bad debts before the end of every financial year to reduce your tax bill. If the debt is unlikely to be paid, write it off. This would prevent the debt becoming taxable income, which would require the business owner to pay tax on that amount. And also assess any stock you've built up. Identify any damaged or obsolete stock and write its value down or write it off. This will impact the value of your trading stock and also your profit margins, reduce your profit and reduce your tax. So there are a couple of good little tips to keep in mind. Would you believe there are 2.7 million small businesses in Australia collectively accounting for nearly two-thirds of the country's tax take? So tax compliance is an important issue. So it's not surprising that the tax office makes particular mention of the micro and small business sector in its compliance program, reinforcing the fact that you should never think your business is too small for the tax office to notice, because believe me, they do. And there are a couple of issues that they watch particularly carefully, like underreporting of income. Under-reporting is principally achieved through cash-in-hand transactions, taking cash from a customer, not declaring it or putting it through the official accounting system. But the tax office has adopted a number of measures to detect these transactions, including data matching and benchmarking. Now, what are small business benchmarks I hear you say? Well, one method the tax office uses to select small businesses that they choose for an audit is to compare the financials reported to the relevant small business benchmark to identify businesses that might not be declaring some of their income. The tax offices publish these benchmarks for more than 100 industries. If yours is one of them, now might be a good time to go and take a look. Go again to the tax office website ato.gov.au to make sure you meet those benchmarks. If you're too far above or below you might attract their interest. Then there are business activity statement refunds. The ATO looks very closely at refunds being issued from business activity statements. In other words, if you're not clear about your GST obligations and your best preparation, you'll want to either read up on the subject or outsource the job to someone who specialises in it, like an accredited accountant or bookkeeper. And be careful when claiming tax losses. Losses by the small business sector are also on the tax man's watch list. So businesses claiming a tax loss for the first time can expect contact from the ATO to find out why. Whilst not specifically stated, it's possible the ATO will be looking closely at a business loss that is offset against other income, like a, a non-commercial business loss. With that in mind, if your business incurs a loss next financial year, you should take specific advice on the deductibility of that loss. Other compliance issues which are watched carefully are associated with your superannuation obligations, any disposal of assets, and any personal services income that you earn. And don't forget there are state-imposed taxes as well, like payroll tax, which you'll need to be across as well. The bottom line is, getting tax right is crucial for all businesses, regardless of size. Unfortunately, though, smaller businesses are particularly susceptible to getting it wrong when it comes to tax, especially those newer businesses with less time and fewer resources at their disposal. The ATO has a lot of support tools to help small business meet their tax compliance obligations. ATO website ato.gov.au. It's all there. Hiring a professional advisor in the form of a lawyer, accountant or registered taxation agent should ensure you not only comply with your tax obligations, but also structure your business in a manner that's conducive to its ongoing success. Technology can also ensure your tax duties of reporting are accurate. It helps save time, boost compliance and helps you budget more effectively and can help put you in a position for growth. Many small businesses dread tax time, often because of those large volume of receipts, your invoices, payroll data, and income information that needs to be searched for, sifted through and added up. But this doesn't have to be the case. Small businesses are increasingly taking up automated spend management platforms that store and process a variety of expense data throughout the financial year, making it easy to locate and review come tax time. If you haven't already, look at moving all your finances onto cloud-based accounting platforms like Xero, MYOB, QuickBooks, NetSuite, and a range of other similar programs. Now, I reckon there's actually nothing more satisfying in business than getting your tax return prepared ahead of time. So here's a nine-step plan to a stress-free tax return. It's a short list of what to bring to your accountant so they can prepare your tax return quickly, efficiently, and with the maximum return. Number one, start with last year. Good starting point is last year's tax return, particularly if you've got a new accountant. It should have all your personal details, tax file number, income streams, tax offsets, deductions and other relevant information on items that you've previously claimed. And do your research. It's always worth understanding your tax obligations rather than leaving it all for your accountant. Have a look at the tax office website again to get an overview of the tax process. Most importantly, get organised. If you haven't already started, from today, right now, start a filing system for your receipts and records of expenses. Better still, use an app like Receipt Bank to scan and file them digitally. So all you have to do is send the file or a link to your accountant. Even better than that, if you want to create a spreadsheet of your expenses to send to your accountant and score maximum brownie points with them. Um, Look at cloud accounting. These days, all business owners have the option of using a cloud accounting program, and it's worth looking into using one of these tools to make your tax life more manageable. Throughout the year, you can regularly plug in your finances, so all you have to do at tax time is pull up the relevant reports. Now, I made this point earlier because it's really important. Before you go ahead and give your financial details to a new accountant, it's a good idea to search the Tax Practitioners Board and To make sure they're registered. And prepare details of your income well ahead. Depending on the size and type of your business, you'll need to prepare details of things like revenue from sales, bank interest earned, rental income, and the like. Then prepare details of your expenses. If you're a small business, you've been able to purchase up to $20,000 of assets before taxes payable. Although this isn't an excuse to go crazy, it's a good time to think about what will benefit your business. For example, a new vehicle, updated computers or spruce up your decor. Plus, of course, all the other business-related costs like motor vehicle expenses based on business, travel and accommodation, rent and lease payments, legal fees. You get the picture. Get together all the usual tax documents you have to prepare every year. Things like lease, hire purchase, or other loan agreements with your business, along with your business activity statements and instalment activity statements. And finally, don't forget all those incentives and deductions. With all of the information, you and your accountant can figure out if you're entitled to any tax incentives and deductions. For example, if you work from home, you may be eligible to claim back some of your rent or mortgage and electricity. Check with the ATO website to see your entitlements. So hopefully I have you thinking about tax from the very start of your business journey. You have to get it right from the start, so think about it now. Because there are some pretty common tax traps that small business owners seem to fall into, like not asking for help. I reckon the biggest mistake a small business owner can make at tax time is not asking for help. While it may be tempting to go it alone, it can be a recipe for disaster when you're unclear or unsure of your obligations. You know, there are more than 25,000 qualified accountants and bookkeepers experienced across a variety of industries just ready to help you. So there's plenty of help available. Take advantage of it. Also, another mistake is not understanding your regulations, and that can be costly. One of the most common traps I see small business fall into at tax time is failing to understand the relevant regulations and recent law changes. It's changing all the time. It often catches businesses off guard and can lead to serious errors and potential fines come tax time. Tax is complex and Google, unfortunately, is not a registered tax advisor. So get informed about the regulations relevant to your business. Poor documentation habits can also be a real issue. Not keeping business receipts or the poor organisation of them throughout the year creates a nightmare at tax time. There's one quick fix, keep on top of your receipts all year round. And as I've said before, There are several online tools and apps available to help you keep your receipts in order. And finally, try and maintain a business diary. One critical mistake small businesses often make when starting out is not keeping a business diary. This can be painful come tax time as businesses without diaries can struggle to discern between personal and business spending. For instance, if you've taken a client out for coffee, say, and didn't keep a record, it can be difficult to differentiate that receipt from a personal purchase made on the same day at a later date. Without this information, you cannot lodge the receipt as a business expense. So a diary really helps. If you follow these steps, you'll be ahead of the game long before your tax return is due. Your accountant will be able to process your return quickly, getting any rebate or refunds back to you sooner. I just love tax time. Hopefully you will too. If you want to learn more, head to the Koshy's Business Builders website. There are plenty of articles and videos to help you build a successful business and claim the right amount of tax. That's koshysbusinessbuilders.com.au. Good luck. And when you're ready to take the next step in building a successful small business, I'll be here waiting. Koshi's Guide to Starting Your Own Business was presented by David Kosh and created in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Producer: Melody Ruiz. Executive Producer: Jennifer Goggin. Sound Production by Darcy Thompson. For more episodes, listen for free at podcastoneaustralia.com.au. Download the free Podcast One Australia app or search Koshi's Guide to Starting Your Own Business podcast.